You're listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Hereford. If you would like to find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. So uh, last month I started a brand new job, which is really exciting and good. Um, It's been uh, interesting, challenging. Uh, Before I had to buy some new clothes and uh, I've learned shopping with a toddler is a fun experience, um, especially a lively and curious toddler who likes to touch everything and ask, what's that, daddy? Daddy, what's that? Why? Why? What's that? Um, Very loudly and then roar at the passerbys um, because he's a lion at the moment, apparently. Um, I love two-year-olds. They're great. Um, uh, But when I was shopping, I had to try and find some new clothes to wear for work. And uh, just really quickly, put your hands up if you've ever when you're going to buy something, who looks at a label or a price tag before buying? Simple question. When you're buying something, who looks at a label or a price tag? Yeah, <laughs> just the price. Um, okay, now put your hands up again if you ever bought something, went back home and realized the label was wrong and you've had to return it or swap it. Anyone had that? Maybe wrong size, wrong thing you realized? Um, TK Maxx. Lots of experiences there. Other shops are available. Um, you know, when I'm buying clothes, I've learned that I've had to not just look at the tag that someone stuck on or the coat hanger, uh, but also look at the label inside. Because so many times I've gone to get a jumper or a jeans, and uh, maybe I just don't pay enough attention. But they're always the wrong size. I've got to return them. Um, but you know, generally, labels are what we use to judge uh, what a product is, what something is, what size it is. Um, and when we look at it, uh, normally when we look at label that label will sort of define what we think about something. So, you know, you can look at something and go, oh, wow, that's a really nice brand, or, oh, that's a bit expensive, or that's not my size, or, oh, great, it's on sale. You know, labels help us define what something is. Um, And, you know, generally, when you look at something, I'm looking at Tim's shirt, it's a very trained eye if you can guess what size shirt that is. Um, You know, normally, (laughs) normally, you need a label to tell you what that is. Um, if you can tell what it is with just your naked eye, that's probably a skill that you could make money from. Um, you know, no matter how much we like something, whether it's a house, a car, a TV, a pair of socks, when we look at their label, the label is often what dictates our final emotion or attitude or beliefs about that thing. Um, and you know, as humans, we are great at labeling things. Uh, not always the right label, but we like labeling things anyway. Um, and not just with products, we do it with uh, everything. Football teams, or that's a great team, that's a bad team. They're hooligans. We do it with cultures, countries, and people, you and me. You know, oh, she's a mother. Oh, he's, he's annoying. Oh, you know, he's really smart. That's my label, no. <laughs> um, oh, she's a bit chatty, or he's a bit big. Oh, she's boring, he snores. You know, these labels can be from how people perceive us from the situations that are going on around us, um, or just plain simple lies. Um, And in the Bible, we see times as well where these labels are sometimes uh, put on people to maybe create some preconceived ideas or notions. Um, And there's some simple ones and some really complex ones as well. Um, So some simple labels that were applied by the disciples even. So in Matthew uh, 19, when the children uh, came to Jesus and parents would brought their children to Jesus. Um, you know, people, the disciples immediately put the labels of, oh, they're too young. You know, they're not ready. They're not worthy. They haven't proven themselves. They put these labels on these children and presumed 
that Jesus wouldn't be interested, that Jesus wouldn't uh, care or have time to pray for these children. But as it famously says in Matthew 19, um, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them and he went away. Smile. Uh, John the Baptist is another person who, um, if you hadn't heard what he was saying, um, you've probably put a lot of labels on just by his appearance. Um, you know, in the Bible, um, it describes John the Baptist as a hermit, someone living in the wild, resembling someone that we'd probably class as homeless. Um, it says he was a rugged and rough man, and it says he wore camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Sounds like someone from I'm a Celebrity a little bit. Um, but at first glance, he was the sort of person who, if he was walking towards me with his rough hair and his camel skin, um, I'd probably put a lot of labels and warning signs on him and trying to cross the road. You know, have you ever walked on the pavement, seen someone, and then crossed the road to avoid them? Yeah, I can see some heads nodding there. Um, he's probably one of those people. And I'd probably dismiss everything he said purely based on those labels that I stuck to him because of his appearance. But, you know, as if you read the Gospels, you see that actually when people stopped and listened to what John the Baptist was saying, they were astonished because they had these preconceived ideas. But then when they heard the truth of what he was sharing, their minds were blown and they were convicted. Um, Zacchaeus, the tax collector, um, is another one which um, I quite like in Luke 19. Um, it says, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. And a man there was by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he is gone to be the guest of a sinner. You know, tax collectors were not popular people. They probably still aren't today for some people. Um, but they would often abuse power back then. They were often corrupt. Um, so this guy, people would have totally written off Jesus ever wanting to speak to him, have attention, let alone want to stay at his house. You know, he was the rich guy, the corrupt guy. The, he thinks he's better than us guy. I'm sure we all know someone who... That might apply to you sometimes. The sinner, that would have been some of the labels that people stuck on Zacchaeus. When Jesus saw him and he paid attention and he looked up to him in the tree and spoke, it was like all those, those human labels were ripped off of Zacchaeus because it says immediately when Jesus started speaking to him in Luke 19, it goes on to say that Zacchaeus repents. He gives his life to the Lord and gives away all his wealth, owing to right all the wrongs that he ever committed. He was changed in that moment when Jesus paid attention and ignored all those little preconceived labels that sometimes we stick on people. And Job, finally, is someone who, uh, I love reading the book of Job because every time I read it, um, something different pops up. Um, I'm like, I'm sure I read this verse. And then I read it again. I'm like, where did this verse appear from? I'm sure this wasn't here last time I read it. Um, you know, but Job was someone who loved God with all his heart. At the start of Job, we have this famous section where the devil um, is talking to God, almost uh, 
taunting him, challenging him, that people only love him in the good times, basically. Um, and God gives permission for the devil to unleash disaster after disaster on Job um, to test him and show him that he loves God uh, even in the bad times. And Job lost everything, everything you could think of that he, we could care about, Job lost. It says in Job 1 that he was an honest inside and out. He was a man of his word, who was totally devoted to God, and he hated evil with a passion. He had seven sons and three daughters. He was very wealthy, 7,000 head of sheep, 3,000 camels, 5,000 teams of oxen, 500 donkeys, and a huge staff of servants, the most influential man in all the East. So when we're reading Job, it's not just a random stranger. He was an influential, known person that all these things happened to. And it goes on to say that sometime later, while Job's children were having one of their parties at the home of the oldest son, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys grazing in the field next to us. And Sabians attacked. They stole the animals and killed the field hands. I'm the only one left to get out alive and tell you what happened. And while he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, bolts of lightning struck the sheep and the shepherds and fried them, burned them to a crisp. I'm the only one left to get out alive and tell you what happened. And while he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, Chaldeans coming from three directions, raided the camels, massacred the camel drivers. I'm the only one left to get out alive and tell you what happened. And while he was still talking, all this happening at the same time, another messenger arrived and said, your children were having a party at the home of the oldest brother when a tornado swept in off the desert and struck the house. It collapsed on the young people and they died. His children died. I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. And it says that Job got to his feet, ripped his robe, shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshipped. Naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I returned to the womb of the earth. God gives, God takes. God's name be blessed, be ever blessed. Not once through all this did Job sin. Not once did he blame God. Not once through all those situations, those disasters, not once does it say that he blamed God or sinned. He literally lost everything and everyone he cared about, yet in the end he worshipped God in that moment. But because of what was going on, his friends came to visit and they had some of their own wisdom and advice, as friends always do, didn't they? Um, and they started labelling him, in a sense. They started saying things like, it's plain that your children sinned against God. Otherwise, why would God have punished them? Here's what you must do, and don't put it off any longer. Get down on your knees before God Almighty. If you're as innocent and upright as you say, it's not too late. He'll come running. You know, they start presuming and labelling that his children must have been bad, otherwise, why did something happen? That Job was a bad parent. They started putting all these different negative labels on him. You know, if you're as innocent and upright as you say, that's a lovely thing for a friend to say to you when you've just lost everything. You know, they're starting to think that maybe Job was two-faced. Maybe he wasn't as godly and holy as people thought. You know, otherwise, why would bad things happen? They started putting these different 
labels and possibilities on him. Another friend said, if you scrub your hands of sin and refuse to entertain evil in your home, you'll be able to face the world unashamed and keep a firm grip on life, guiltless and fearless. You know, he started labeling Job as a sinner. Oh, Job must be a sinner. You, know, you need to repent. Someone who entertained evil in his household because all these bad things happen. So, you know, therefore, Job, you must be a sinner. If you read Job and his replies and these conversations, you see how his heart is almost stretched, stretched in two. You know, he knows the truth of God's love. Yet why were these things happening? You know, why did he lose his family, his wealth, all these things? You know, he'd done no wrong. In his mind, as far as he was aware, he was a good person. He loved God. What? what? But his friends were starting to say, oh, you know, it must be something you've done, something your children have done. You must be, you know, something wrong in your life. And he was starting to doubt himself. And as you read Job, there's this back and forth until near the end, you get this strong response from Job to his friends. Everything you know, I know. So I'm not taking a back seat to any of you. I'm taking my case straight to God Almighty. I've had it with you. I'm going directly to God. You graffiti my life with lies. You're a bunch of pompous quacks. That's a nice phrase. I wish you'd shut your mouths. Silence is your only claim to wisdom. You graffiti my life with lies. Now, I wonder how many of us maybe are sat here believing the lies that have been graffitis in our life from people we know, from family, from friends. You know, we get this, this famous verse in 1 Samuel when um, the Israelites need a new king and God sends Samuel out to find a new king and says to go to Jesse's household. And, you know, when Samuel arrives, he sees Jesse's children and is like, wow, this, this Elab is impressive. He's strong, he's, he's king material, that's who I would choose. And then you get this, this verse, which is often quoted, where God speaks to Samuel and says, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at, People look at the outward appearance, the labels, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Lord looks at the heart. I need two volunteers briefly. Um, so Josh and Joel, do you mind coming up? <laughs> um, just briefly. You know, sometimes labels can be really misleading. Um, although they can be helpful, sometimes they can be quite misleading. Um, so if one of you go this side, one of you go this side. You know, sometimes um, they're quite neat and simple, and when you see a label, um, you know, it's quite easy to understand. So you could be a human. Hopefully that applies to all of us here. We're human. Uh, you could be friendly. Nice. Smile. 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 <laughs> uh, you could be a joker. Um, and you could be a smiling Christian. Okay? That ties in with the smiling. I didn't know that, but there you go. Um, but other times, you know, have you ever seen something that has a label stuck over and over and over again, um, where it's, maybe it's been secondhand shops, then other shops and other shops, and you just see so many labels stuck on it. Sometimes you get confused as to what it is. You know, sometimes it can be a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, it could still be human, um, but you could be a joker as well. But maybe, you know, someone said, oh, you're bossy or you're fat. 
or you're ugly, or you're useless, or you're an addict. How can I smile? You'd have to be one. Um, Or a failure. That's a label that often we get tagged with. Or a cheat. Or rejected. And then still a smiling Christian. You know, sometimes both those top labels can be the same, but those other labels that are still there are still itching our skin and are still making themselves known. And sometimes, you know, on a Sunday morning, perhaps, you know, that front label is slipping a little bit and we're doing everything we can to try and slap it back on. So when someone looks at us, all they see is that smiling Christian when actually there's all these other labels that are still influencing us and that we remember that are there. Thank you, guys. Um, great models <laughs> all the way from Manchester just to hold the paper <laughs> um, but you know you know all these different labels can start to affect us and control us sometimes or dictate how we make decisions what we do who we speak to where we go they can start to confine us and restrict us when we start even believing that some of these these labels and these lies that anyone could put on us or we put on ourselves are true you know, if my, if my friend says it, who I love, it must be true. You know, it only seems to happen to me, so it must be true. I'm related to them, so it must be true. You know, these labels start to influence our choices and behaviour. You know, yes, I might be a smiling Christian, but so-and-so said I'm a bit bossy, so I'm not going to lead a small group. You know, oh, the others keep rolling their eyes and my, my son cries, so... Maybe I'm a bad parent, so let's not have another one. Or, you know, yes, I'm a human, but my teachers just seem to always get angry at me, so maybe I'm just stupid. You know, there's no point thinking about a career or university. Oh, my boss said I'm a failure at work. So, you know, I'm not going to bother looking for another job. You know, I won't be able to get one. You know, that one really hit home for me. Um, You know, I was told... Over a number of years in a job, you know, that I was a, a rebel leader um, and I should consider if I should even be at the job or if I knew what I was doing. Um, I had almost like zero confidence in my own ability and what the gift that God had given me. And I thought that if I got another job that, you know, I'd fail, that I would not be very good because, you know, it's better to stay in this place where they would just tolerate me. And, you know, when I was approached by um, another company, my gut reaction was just to reject it because I was scared of going and then failing. Um, but if it wasn't for the people around me, I probably would have rejected it. Uh, but thankfully I didn't, and it was one of the best decisions. And afterwards I can see that actually, when I was there, I was believing these, these labels, these lies that you know, I didn't know what I was doing and all these different things that were being put on me. And maybe you're sat right now thinking about maybe some of the things that people have said about you. Maybe some of the things that you believe might be true about you. Maybe one of those words that I held up on one of those pieces of paper or something else. Well, I want you to just really quickly pick up that piece of paper again with that question that we put on it. And just read that sentence again. Is this me? And I want you to, just for a minute or two, I want you to turn that piece of paper over, um, and no one's going to see this, don't worry about spelling. I just want you to start writing 
maybe some of those different labels that people have put on you or you put on yourself. You know, it could be anything. Bad brother, bad parent, lazy wife, addict, unhealthy, annoying, failure, bossy, too emotional, too smart, whatever it is. Just for a minute or two, just write down some of those labels, some of those things that maybe people have put on you or said about you or that you believe about yourself. If you're online, you can do this as well. Then what I'd like us to do, if you're able to, uh, if you could stand, that'd be great if you're able to. Um, I just want you to stand and just with both hands, just hold that piece of paper uh, and then just close your eyes. And I want you to, with our eyes closed and with this piece of paper with these different labels on and this question, is this me? I just want you to think for a moment. You know, is this, is this me? You know, is this really me? You know, all these things that people might say about us, all these, these labels, they're, they're human made. You know, they're not the labels that God uses. And the answer to that question of, you know, is this me? Am I this person? Is my life restricted to these, these definitions and these labels? The answer is no. No. No, right now, God is looking down at each and every one of us. Yes, even you. Even you. God is looking right at you. And the only label that he sees is precious child, beloved friend, beautiful human, incredible, purposeful, chosen. That is who you are. That is who you are. In your own time, I'd like you to just walk up with your piece of paper to the, the cross and there's a bin by the cross. I just want you to rip it. Just as a physical symbol, almost as, you know, God, I'm handing this over to you. These labels, these things that people are saying, they, they don't define me because I am your, yours, God. I am yours. So in your own moment, whenever you're ready, I just want to invite you to go and do that and rip that piece of paper and put it in the bin. You know, in the Bible, there's a story of a guy who was labeled by his parents. He was given the name Jacob, which means grasper, deceiver. And one day God changed his name to Israel, rules with God. So not only do we need to take off the labels that we ourselves or others put on us, we need to receive the label that God puts on us. We need to receive that we are sons and daughters of God, and receive that. Uh, I think it's, if people have spoken these things to us time and time again, it might take a little longer than uh, ripping up a piece of paper. It's a great start. Let's continue to speak to one another, encouraging words that we're sons and daughters of God, and let's most of all speak to ourselves, that voice in our mouths, but in, in our heads that speaks, let it be. The truth. What he says of me, that is true. That's the truth, not what others say. Let's 
continue to speak that in our own hearts and heads and speak to each other. And let's remind ourselves of what specifically God has said to, to me, to you. God came to a guy once and said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. A guy that called Gideon, who didn't look like a mighty warrior, but God spoke that word to him. So let's remind ourselves of the word that, words that God has spoken to us. Amen. So let's, let's take hold of this word and, and continue to apply it to our lives, continue to speak, continue to throw off labels and to put on the label that God says, what he says of me, that is true. So we're going to uh, finish now. We're going to have teas and coffees. Remember, smile, talk to each other, encourage one another. If you would like to receive prayer, there's people here who will pray for you, stand with you. You can uh, ask for prayer for who you came with. We'd love to pray for you. If you feel that God is, uh, people have spoken into your life, put labels on you, just want to stand with somebody to pray that, no, you're going to throw that off and, and stay, uh, uh, take hold of what God has said to you, then we'll stand with you. People will stand with you. Get some to pray with you. If you would like to receive prayer for healing, there will be here that, that people here that uh, will pray for you.